Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. I am Amanda, one half of the Brave New Teaching duo, and I am here this week with a solo episode sharing one of my favorite interactive, game-like type (laughs) activities with you all to celebrate March. That's right. It is time for not just March Madness, but Poetry March Madness. And in this episode, I'm going to walk you through how to get started, what supplies you're going to need, and some different configurations that maybe you've never tried before. So if you're brand new to the idea of Poetry March Madness, or if you're someone who's been around the block a couple times and you're looking for some fresh inspiration, I've got you covered on every level. Just a quick shout out to the teachers who are currently celebrating with us in the Shakespeare Teacher Festival. Thank you so much, one and everyone, for being there. We are having so much fun chatting with you in our little Facebook group and watching you learn and grow inside the course. It has just been a delight. And if you're just hearing about the Shakespeare Teacher Festival for the first time right now. No worries. We had and are having a live event as we speak in that we are kind of interacting and talking on Facebook all at the same time. But if you still want to get in on the fun, we will have the video series available for purchase for you 
outside of this week. So at any point you want to get your Shakespeare on, we would love to have you in the Shakespeare Teacher Festival. We have two seasons of festivals to share with you. And all of that you can find at our website, which is www.bravenewteaching.com. That's also where today's show notes will be. And you will be able to download all of the goodies that I'm talking to you about today for Poetry March Madness. So you are in good shape if you have bookmarked bravenewteaching.com. We'd also love, love, love to take a second and ask for some of our friends who have been listening. And if you're listening today and you're thinking, oh, this is a great idea, share a review with the Apple iTunes community. That is one of the best ways for our podcast to be found by teachers who are searching for support, searching for community. And your review would mean the world to us about how this podcast has helped your teaching, helped you on your drive home, your run, um, or just getting ready in the morning, wherever you listen to us. We thank you so much in advance for taking the time to leave us a review. And with all that, I think it's time to jump in to Poetry March Madness. Cue the music. You're listening to Brave New Teaching, and we are so much more than a podcast. We give teachers the inspiration, support, and tools to challenge the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a former English teacher from Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm a teacher from Southern California. Join us at bravenewteaching.com to find out more about our courses, festivals, and get every episode's show notes. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. All right. So Poetry March Madness, you say, Amanda, what on earth is Poetry March Madness? Well, Poetry March Madness is a fun seasonal kind of game to play in your classroom in the spring. Um, the, the month of March is relatively, you know, unimportant <laughs> when it comes to this activity. It's fun to overlap with basketball, but to be honest, I've never really worked at a school where March Madness basketball matchups were really even a big deal. Um, people just know like the term March Madness. So it's not really important that this happens during May. What's important is that you listen to the principles, the idea, and make it work where and when and however you want. So the idea behind Poetry March Madness is really the bracket system and that poems will be selected to compete, which I'm saying in air quotes, compete against one another. So when I think about my goals for Poetry March Madness, I'm really thinking about, you know, when we gamify anything, uh, gamification is about enjoying the genre, enjoying the moment, and just really kind of giving exposure time to poetry that it normally doesn't get. And with with a March Madness type of experience, we don't have to dedicate a ton of class time to one particular poem um, or even get that deep. Uh, Poetry March Madness is about exposing students to a wide variety of poets, styles, uh, movements, and giving them the license to say, I like this and I don't like this. Uh, We know how important it is for students to be able to have and exercise those opinions. And this is a wonderful way to incorporate that into an everyday type of experience for students without it taking up or taking over an entire unit. So besides the exposure piece, 
I also really want to eliminate the stigma of poetry being this unreachable and extremely difficult uh, text. I think students come into English class, especially with the expectation for poetry to be difficult and impossible and something unreachable. And Poetry March Madness, the minute you turn something into a game, we get rid of that stigma. And that's a huge part of creating the kind of classroom environment that we need for vulnerability. I talk about this a lot um, on the podcast, and, and I probably am going to talk about it even more moving forward because in order to accomplish the things that we're trying to accomplish here with inquiry-driven learning and units that ask students to be curious and question-driven, we have to create the kind of space where students feel comfortable being vulnerable, asking questions and trying to find answers to things that we don't know the answers to requires quite a deep amount of courage and intellectual curiosity. And I'm not going to be sugarcoating anything. That felt like something that was very difficult to achieve until right around this time of the year. Classroom community is something that we build and work on and repair and build back up again all year long. But it is not something that just magically happens after six or seven wonderful team building activities that we do in August and September. (laughs) It is an ongoing work in process. And we're always trying to get closer as a group in a way that we can be intellectually curious together. So for me, Poetry March Madness is one awesome layer to this. It's a fun game we all play together with its roots in something very academic and very important, but also something that students can feel that they have some agency over. So that's my rationale. That's kind of the goals behind the scenes as we move forward. So as you're developing your own version or you're deciding whether or not this is worth your time, that's what I have in mind as I'm developing this process. Well, hello, brave new teachers. Pardon the interruption. I wanted to invite you all to a pretty cool opportunity. Some of you have already had this and some of you have just heard us talk about it quite a bit. Amanda and I have a masterclass that is all about uh, designing and delivering formative assessments to students in ways that are really useful and purposeful and extremely equitable and inclusive in our classrooms. And so I wanted to make sure that you all have the opportunity to join us. It is our masterclass called Down With The Reading Quiz, Formative Assessments for a New Generation. And it is something that we put together, gosh, almost a year and a half ago, where we go through three different types of formative assessments that we use in our own classrooms that provide quite a bit of equitable and inclusive feedback for us and for our students about what students are actually really learning. We show you how to design and create and then implement and grade formative assessments that deal with students actually synthesizing information instead of regurgitating what they think you think they should know, but actually showing what they can synthesize. It also has different strategies for assessing analytical skills And then another strategy or two for assessing student writing skills in a formative way and all the while also assessing student understanding comprehension, whether that's reading or just understanding of a lesson. We give three different strategies for formative assessments. We absolutely love it. We have had hundreds of teachers come through this masterclass and say it is changing the way that they uh, approach assessment, formative assessment anyways, in their classrooms. And so we wanted to make sure that you knew about it. Uh, If you would like to register for free and actually watch it 
immediately. You can head to bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass or the show notes for this episode. Cannot wait to see you all there. Again, that is bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass. Join us for Down With The Reading Quiz and see the results in your classroom really change it all for the better. It is a true game changer. All right, back to the show. So before we start setting up Poetry March Madness, we need to think through the process of where it's going to fit into our classroom experience. Will this be a daily activity that we're doing for bell work? Is this going to be something that we're doing once in a while in the hallway on a bulletin board? Is this going to be something that we're going to assign to students at the beginning of a month, give them a long period of time to read, listen, and watch on their own, and then come together for voting once a week? There are a lot of different ways to do it. So think through where and how you want students interacting with poems. The most common I've seen and the most common that I've used has been as bell work. So if we're going to do bell work, I want you to picture a bracket in your mind, I'm, or you can go to bravenewteaching.com and look at the bracket that I have. And this is how we're going to map out how many days of bell work we're going to get for the number of poems that we have. So each day we have two poems competing. And so day one might be poem A versus B. Then day two would be C versus D, then E versus F, G versus H. Okay, then we've kind of gone down a series. That's eight poems. Then we'll go through on the other side of the bracket, another set of pairings for more days or for more pairings. So for me, round one could take a week, right? So pair one, pair two, pair three, pair four. Then on my other side is pair one, pair two, pair three, pair four. So we've got two weeks, essentially, like a Monday through Thursday full of bell work, the first two weeks. The next round is the reduction, right? So the losers are out, the winners have moved on. Round two then is two more sets of poems. So that is one other week. So there's more, I guess there's four more pairs for round two. And then the last week would be the finals. So in a sweet 16 setup, again, this is gonna make a lot more sense if you're looking on the bracket, a sweet 16 setup for me would be approximately one month's worth of bell work, um, four weeks worth of bell work if you see your students every day in a 50 minute class period setup. If you want to do a different version, there's another way to do this. You could also choose all your poems ahead of time, assign them to your students. Maybe you put them all in Google Classroom and say, okay, this week I want you to read and listen to poems one through eight. Then on Friday, maybe your class comes together and after everyone's read and listened to and experienced the poems, we do all of our voting on one day. That's also possible. Um, and then students have kind of had a little bit of time to sit with the pieces and some of the poems. If they're watching them on YouTube, they've had time to maybe watch a couple of times. And that's a really fun way to do this as well. All that is to say is figure out how many days you need so that you know how many poems you need in order to do that. That will be really powerful for you moving forward. The next thing you want to consider are the types of poems to include. I have seen some really cool new and evolved ideas, but to be perfectly honest, my brackets is a mishmash. And every year I swap out poems that kind of 
kids didn't really feel, uh, kids really enjoyed. I try to keep, and I just have a really, I feel like a healthy potpourri of poets across time periods, poets across, uh, racial and ethnic and geographical locations, um, and backgrounds, um, a, a variety of voices in terms of gender, in terms of age, ability. I try to just keep a nice variety. I even have a few poems that are bilingual and express these ideas in ways other than I think what students expect in poetry, which is a very formal English. So that kind of variety is something that's very fun, but also kind of a black hole that we can get lost in. So if you want your poems ready to go and pre-selected for you, grab my free download. You can have mine, no problem. They're all yours. And I have all of mine attached to QR codes. So that leads me into the last part of the setup, which is physically creating the opportunity for March Madness to happen. So the physical bracket can be a bulletin board and your classes are keeping track of the winners day by day. This could be something in your classroom or in the hallway. This could be a digital bracket that you keep on Google Classroom or Canvas. I have done typically both. So I like to run a a Poetry March Madness between my classes. And then I usually also run one that's school-wide via a bulletin board. And the students who are come to the bulletin board, scan the QR code. And then I also have a QR code to scan for the voting. So QR codes are my friend. And the voting is just going to a Google form that's really easy where students say poem A wins or poem B. And that way I don't have to change the Google form because I just label my poems by A, B, or one, two. And every day there's a new one, two, one, two, one, two, and it keeps the voting super simple. All of this is to say you have the sky as the limit for your Poetry March Madness. What's most important is that we keep in mind the goals, creating opportunities for more and new voices to enter our classroom, giving students a chance to interact with poetry in a non-threatening and fun kind of way. Whatever you do, that's going to be paramount and that's going to be powerful and life-changing for our students. I've got a lot more to say about poetry, and I will link those episodes for you below. I have just released a brand new poetry big six slide deck full of mini lessons. If you're looking for new ways to step up your poetry instruction that I will link all in the show notes for you to check out when you have some time. But in the meantime, I hope you have so much fun laying out Poetry March Madness, challenging your kids to just get in, listen to a poem and and make an evaluation. Is this something that you enjoyed or not? Is one of these better than the other? Why or why not? And let your kids really just take ownership of that part of your classroom for a little while and report back. Let us know how it goes. I'd really love to know how your Poetry March Madness experience goes this year or next year. And if you choose to do it in April, we'd love to hear about that too. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. It's been delightful chatting with you all today. And I very much look forward to next week's episode when I'm back with my good buddy, Marie. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Get out there and go teach them. Thanks again for listening to Brave New Teaching. We'd love to keep the conversation going over on Instagram. And while you're there, check out the links in our bio for the most up-to-date events going on in the Brave New Teaching community. Thanks for being here and have a great week at school. 